Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. The nuclear family is a colonial imposition that we kind of been conditioned. This is what we we should have the the whole idea. And like, what about the village? What about our collective? Care. Welcome to Multi Monogamous with Ghost, where we discuss the poly galaxy and many things in between. We cover everything from the origins and history of polyamory and polygamy to various individual experiences within polyamory. Here, we also discuss the deeper issues like poly relationship therapy, the stigmas facing polyamory, and how to redefine various alternative lifestyle companionships. That's right, you got it. You're at the right place at the right Right time. You're inside the world of multi monogamous with ghosts. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are in the galaxy. This is where you need to be for real, for real. Welcome back to Multi Monogamous, the Poly Poly Galaxy, where we discuss all things as it pertains to alternative styles of companionship. I'm your host, Ghost, also known as El Rico Ramon. Uh, still, oh, still one of my favorite relationship songs. If you if you ever heard the lyrics in that song by Rhapsody, it's called um, "Roller Coaster Love." It's it's she she just did such an amazing way of um, layering the complexities within the layers of companionship. Yeah, man, "Roller Coaster Love" by Rhapsody. And this, this episode is going to be. It's going to be not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I was going to, um, you know, do an interview for this episode with this divine relationship therapist as it pertains to polyamory. And then I remembered that, hey, you you haven't talked about your book at all on your podcast platform. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I should do that. One of the reasons why I haven't brought it up on the platform the podcast platform is because it's kind of challenging a little bit to, to discuss um a book in detail when you don't want to spoil something like you really want individuals to read it for themselves you don't want to give away too much of it so from a promotions branding point of view you don't want to you know do the most <clears throat> excuse me and also as someone who who um, thrives, you know, on interpretation as it pertains to personal intimate work, you know, I'm an artist, I'm a painter, for example. When I go to a museum, I don't like to know why the painter painted whatever piece in particular. I like to discover it for myself. Uh, art is subjective; it's relative, right? So that's another reason why I don't want I didn't want 
you know, me and uh, how I define the book regarding its origins and concepts, et cetera, et cetera, to breed and excuse me, to bleed into your interpretation of the book. I want you to read it and digest it for yourself and walk away with your own true, authentic experience. So. So, yeah, so putting putting this all together, I, um, I I just really didn't know how I wanted to layer it. And I've decided that instead of really going deep into the uh, chapters of the book, which you can do for yourself, I'm just going to discuss some things um, on the outer layers of the book. So, for example, I'll t- we'll talk about the origins of the book which is actually very similar to the origins of this podcast so you can actually go to uh, episode one and two and really get uh, a lot of why this book was created but i'm still going to go into it again to nothing like a refresher but uh, other things i'm going to go into is what i like to call um some bullet points like for example control your narrative or um what I like to call permission. What does it mean to have permission? And and don't go, you know, too far left thinking like, why would I need permission? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a really good, 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 great reason why permission is so critical as it pertains to um, how you pursue really anything in your reality in this existence on this physical realm. So first things first, let's talk about the origins of the book just being fully transparent i just wanted to i wanted to okay okay let's go back <laughs> let me go back a little more i've been wanting to write a relationship book for a long time uh i think pretty much i think i kind of felt the feeling the urge maybe my mid-20s i remember kind of talking to this uh, young lady when I say talking like we weren't really dating but it's kind of like on the beginning cusp of possibly dating her and I remember like you know just kind of having just a casual conversation I was like I'm gonna write a relationship book one day I don't know I guess about advice and tips or whatever and she kind of like started laughing at me I can't remember if it made me feel some type of way but I know that um I know that I was pretty serious even though I didn't know when it was going to happen or how it was going to happen one of the reasons why I didn't write it at that age, I think I have two reasons. One of the reasons is because I was just young. I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around people taking me seriously at a young age. It's like, you're just a baby. You're not, you haven't even experienced life yet. Now, in retrospect, and this, this is actually for you who is listening, who is a teenager or early 20s, I want you to know that there is never ever any time limits restraints on writing about something personal because what you may be going through at the age of 23 19 even 16 for for that matter it could be critical in your exploration of yourself and it could be very critical in your peers exploration of themselves so you always have a lot to offer no matter where you are on this stage in the journey we call life so in retrospect, that was not actually a legit reason to not write a book, but I didn't know any better. That's that's what my train of thought was at that time. Another reason why I didn't write a book at, at that age was because I guess I just felt like I was a failure at relationships. I didn't I didn't have a 
you know, a gold medal to show. <laughs> I wasn't married successfully ever, <laughs> which is in the book also. You know, it just seems that if you want to help people, you have to be able to present resolutions and success tips and stuff like that. And I was just like, eh, I, that that just wasn't um, going on in my world of relationships, companionships at that particular moment. Again, in retrospect, <laughs> I've learned that failures actually are tips a failure or um, a mistake, whatever you want to call it, a regret, whatever you want to call it, is a tip, is advice to someone who is dealing or struggling with something challenging, uh, excuse me, dealing with certain challenges in their companionships at the present moment. So it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how many times you've fallen. It's never a wrong time to write about your journey because you're going to meet somebody on the same page that you're on. It's going to all intersect, whether it's 10 people, whether it's 10,000 people, whether it's 10 million people. Don't forget also, it's not just about the people in your school or your town. Like you got billions of people around the world that are dealing with something. Now they may not all be dealing with what you're dealing with, but out of, let's just say, a billion people, what if, you know, one million are dealing with precisely what you're dealing with? Like you've missed an opportunity to reach out and connect and and uh, help somebody indirectly or directly, intentionally or unintentionally. So, yeah, looking back on those moments, it's not me saying that I have regrets or I wish I would have written a book then. It's just me saying that you know, the light bulb went off in a certain space <laughs> of time. And I was basically reminded or presented with these facts and these truths regarding what could have been done in my past, even though I didn't do it. And at the end of the day, I did it now and it just wasn't time for me to do it yet anyway. So that's another perspective. It just wasn't time yet. It just wasn't time. It's time now. And I did it. So, I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of background on my desire to write a book in general. Now, thirdly, or fourthly, or secondly, you follow me. I'm in Philadelphia, and I meet this divine individual named Butterfly. Butterfly is so cool. That's my homie, man. And I remember we were just having various conversations in our preliminary introductions of one another and somewhere within those conversations and introductions after a while got on the topic about relationships and I had exposed or expressed <laughs> that I had three ex-fiancés and when I was speaking about uh, certain aspects of why I had three ex-fiancés her eyes were just big and glued to what I was saying and what came after I finished expressing what I, I was expressing, she was like, you need to write a book. And that was like that second or third push over the span of 15 years. It was like, man, yeah, I do need to write this book. Right. Um, that's kind of catchy. Three ex fiancés later. Right. <laughs> so that was the uh, next wave of momentum. And that was like 2018, I think it was. So, yeah, these are the moments that led up to um, 
writing the book. And then lastly, I'm going to say lastly, there may be more variables, but these are the core variables. But lastly, um, one of the main reasons why I decided to write the book was because of another failed relationship. And I use failed uh, loosely. It felt like a failure. It felt like a loss. You know, it was a loss, you know. And this was a moment of therapy initially and really quick. I mean, when I say really quick within the first, you know, paragraph or two of writing, I'm like, this is about to be more than just therapy. I wanted to put something out there to set the stage, right? To clear a path of consciousness, to make it to where I wouldn't have to go through what I went through again regarding some of the things that happened in that companionship. And this is actually me taking full accountability for things I I didn't say, things I wanted to say, things I should have said, Uh, a number of things went on in that particular companionship. And I had wished afterwards, post the uh, ending of the relationship, I had wished that I could have said these things that I discovered about myself, whether it was in the middle of me being in that relationship when I was discovering these new things, whether it was um, at the beginning prior to the relationship starting, not being aware of some things innate that are innate about me or that I just gravitate to strongly that make me feel like myself, make me feel authentic. And I just wanted to write a book because I wanted like the next time I meet somebody, I wanted there to be no confusion, (laughs) no confusion from me. You know, again, taking accountability. I didn't want there to be no confusion. I wanted to be able to be like, yeah, this is who I am in this present moment. By the way, I wrote a book. So, you know, (laughs) this is part of who I am. And, um, you know, there wouldn't be any uh, of those issues in particular. So. So, yeah, it was it was a relief of consciousness. It was therapeutic and it was an opportunity for me to um, to make a comeback, I guess. That's I hate that. I hate that phrase. Actually, it's kind of cheesy. <laughs> Not a comeback to again to, to set the stage right, to set the tables right, to make good on um, things that I wasn't doing well prior to. So there, there you have it. There you have uh, the three major levels of uh, frequency and energies that go into this whole uh, book writing moment. And it was, let me tell you, it was a special, divine, beautiful moment. I, I've written before. I have a blog called Normal LOL. And I've always been fascinated at my writing. Now, that's not me being, you know, cocky or anything like that. The reason why I say I've always been I've always been fascinated at my writing is because there's been many times when I've looked back over my writing and I'm like, that's that's not me. I don't even know who that is writing that. And it kind of makes sense because as artists, as writers, as musicians, as painters, as sewers, whatever the case, whoever you might be, oftentimes you have this moment of channeling and streaming and you just kind of 
go into this zone and you're not really you anymore. You are being assisted with something. You're being assisted from someone from somewhere or some people, (laughs) whether it be uh, ancestors, whether it be guides, whether it be, you know, genetic relatives in your bloodline. I don't know truthfully and fully who it is that is by my side working through me as a conduit as a vessel when I'm writing same thing happens when I'm painting I'll start painting and at some point I'm not even moving my hand anymore like I'm literally on co-pilot watching my hand move by itself and it's just going and I'm like this is amazing it's kind of freaky but this is amazing (laughs) so yeah you know I've written quite a few things before but nothing um in full length like this and it just was like a water faucet it was just pouring and pouring and pouring and i was just like don't stop don't stop it let it go let it go you'll know when it's time to stop and i believe i wrote over the span over about three months and i finally had finished it and i was like yeah let's do this let's move forward and um it's not easy. <laughs> it's definitely not something you can pressure, you know, yourself to do. Like it, speaking for myself, like I really needed to be in the right space at the right time. And I just I was if I, it just showed up finally at the right space. I was, you know, grieving. I was in some pain. Um, I was desiring to keep my head above water. I was dealing with other stuff still in my reality. And it was just a perfect time to uh, deflect, for lack of words. It's another time to substitute, for example, for lack of words, for the pain. And it, it did precisely what it needed to do. And I will also add on to that by expressing, find you a hobby. Find you something you're passionate about. One thing, one of many things I've done throughout my journey is I've always been able to find things to relieve me of um, trauma or pain, whatever you might want to call it. I've always been able to locate different things to assist me to make time go by or to assist with time healing all wounds. It makes a big difference when you can get away for a moment. I call them mini vacations. You know, the pain is real. The anguish is real. The hurt is real. The tears are real. The heartburn, the heartbreak is real. The loss is real. The loss of identity is real. So what can you do for those moments where you just need to take a break from the the brevity, the the depth of that heaviness? Well, you got to be present with something that'll take your mind off of things. And there's millions of things to be present with. You got to find your present thing. This was my present thing. Writing a book was my present moment to get away and take some mini breaks. In the past, it's been nature. It still is. It's been skateboarding. It still is. It's been painting. It still is. Playing with my dogs. It still is. You know, I have a a lot of different therapies and present moment, (laughs) you know, ways of managing, um, various things that are going on in my life at any given point in time. And hopefully I will continue to always be able to do that, you know, so that maybe my life will be extended (laughs) to a degree. Right. 
So yeah, that's the <laughs> about 20 minutes in. That's the origins of the book. Hope that was captivating. And now let's get into just at least one of these two bullet points. I think I have another bullet point, but we'll see if it comes up. Um, if I got to do a part two about the book, I will. But the first bullet point, like I said, is control your narrative. Control your narrative. That is also an enormous piece of what the book is about. And I've said this in the book also that for me, this book is an exploration. It is healing. It is therapy. I've layered and laced throughout the book that by no means am I trying or desiring or needing to convince anybody to pursue my lifestyle of companionship to pursue any particular lifestyle of companionship, whether it be polyamory, polygamy, polyandry, solo poly, um, asexual poly, monogamy, marriage. Like I'm not trying to entice anybody to do anything. What I am simply expressing in this book is who are you? Who are you in this present moment? That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Now, you can take the template of how I discovered different things about myself and about these uh, these labels, for lack of words, regarding engaging in companionships. And you can use the template to help find yourself. But that's the question. The question is, who are you? Who have you always been? Again, not to get too deep into the chapters, but one of the, the thing one of the things I talk about is nature and our intimate early observations and connections with nature. We've always connected with nature. We've always connected with nature. Yeah, like I said, it's not gonna be long. I just really wanted to put emphasis on controlling your narrative. When we start talking about things like indoctrination and conditioning via family members, via friends, via environment regarding neighborhood, regarding your school, your upbringing, your holiday visits to holiday visits to various uh, cities and states and communities, your uh, indoctrination of religion and traditions. I can keep going on and on and on. Your narrative has been controlled by others for so long, for so long. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired? <laughs> Aren't you tired? I am tired. I've been tired. I've been diligently um, and ruthlessly <laughs> challenging the status quo uh, regarding my own studies as it pertains to antiquity, ancient cultures, indigenous lifestyles, variety of tribal lifestyles and communities and, and even their traditions. And the reason why I've been doing that as long as I have, especially as it pertains to uh, mental health, is because at some point I crossed an intersection where I discovered that how I was viewing things and the and the lens in which I was viewing things through was clouded. It was clouded, it was foggy, it was muddy, it was it wasn't clear. And when it became clear is when I again just went on a rampage, just wanting to know more, desiring to know more about me, desiring to know more about um my cultural existence, desiring to know more about other people's cultural and tribal existences, et cetera, et cetera, because I wanted to know how to control my narrative. 
control your narrative. It's important. I believe that there's a lot of things that we are supposed to cross paths with on this journey throughout um, life. And one of the things I believe that we are supposed to cross paths with is our true nature, our true colors, knowing the shadow side, knowing that that chakra work, doing the chakra work, rather uh, doing the healing of past traumas. When I think about what some might call heaven, for example, I think about getting this work done so that you can elevate So when it's all done, when you take your last breath, you've done the work and now it's time to elevate beyond whatever that means to you. But it's time to elevate beyond that. That's how it was with a number of ancient cultures. They were about getting that work done, putting it in and making sure um, the heart was was clean, was clear by the time they took the last breath. For example, the weighing of the heart. What weighs more, your heart or the feather? There's a reason why. Now, you can do that research and study that for yourself, but there's a reason why they wanted to know which weighed more, the heart or the feather. Did you do the work while you were here in this educational system, this university, as some call it? Some call it a death realm. We won't go into that. So, so yeah, uh, this, this is this is my, my gift to myself in discovering the present moment me and it is also the book I'm talking about right now the book is also a gift to myself in the continuation of me continuing to know how to control the narrative tomorrow I may see relationships different next year I might see companionship different in five years still here I may see companionship different I will still strongly and fiercely pursue and excitedly layer and express who I am in the same passion, in the same lane, using the same route that I'm taking now. Now, I might not be with a book, but I'm just saying I will still be very clear and very transparent with who I am. As that's, that's some of the things that I've picked up along the way so far. Don't forget to check out our other podcast about indigenous mental health called Normal LOL on iTunes, Blueberry, and other podcast platforms you visit often. So control your narrative. What's another variable regarding the book? Permission. Permission, permission, permission. What does permission mean? It's funny because I remember posting about this and somebody had a sent me a message and they were like I was about to say I thought you were talking about permission in relationships why would you need permission in relationships and then she's like but I finished listening and reading what you were writing and I, I like what you wrote somebody else wrote something in another posting a little while back talking about I'm, I'm gonna paraphrase this Hope, hopefully I don't butcher this but basically she was saying the ancestors my ancestors don't need I don't need permission from my ancestors, basically, is what she was saying. And again, I'm paraphrasing because what she wrote actually was really good. And I responded to it. I said, I like what you said. And in addition to, I was like, our ancestors did give us permission. They gave us permission to be free. Now, not all of our ancestors. When you start talking about genetics and bloodlines and DNA and stuff like that, oftentimes when we think about ancestors, I feel like we miss we really missed a big picture. Oftentimes we'll stop at like 
you know, 50 years or 100 years, 150 years ago, right? Not realizing and deeply understanding that our ancestors, our ancestors go back hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands of years. So there's so many layers of who you are in existence. And if you believe in reincarnation, there's even more layers of who you are in existence at the present moment. So what I wanted to touch on regarding permission was that a lot of our ancestors, they created on the go. Maybe not all of them, but a lot of them created on the go. So when I look to my ancestors and when I reach back or when I'm, you know, sitting on someone's shoulders in particular, I am looking at those who gave me permission to be free, who liberated me to think how I think, whether wrong or right, whether you like it or not. I'm not here for you. I'm here for me. And me being here for me just so happens to possibly be here for others indirectly. A lot of our ancestors lived very, very freely. They were creators. They considered themselves gods. And maybe not the supreme being, but they considered themselves gods. And they designed the world and the reality that they had in their own special way. When I think about permission, I do think about those that live in a free way that didn't have to go through a system of colonial colonialism or indoctrination via religion and conditioning via traditions and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, traditions have been around for a long time. So I'm not saying that most of our ancestors didn't have traditions. Maybe most or all of them did. Who knows? I'm just saying that those traditions started from somewhere. Let me say that one more time because maybe you didn't hear me. Those traditions began somewhere, (laughs) right? And then they were given, you know, to the next generation and next generation down the line, down the line, down the line. But why can't you start your own traditions, right? Why can't you start your own outlook, begin your own outlook on what life should look like? What should companionship look like to you? I wrote this posting the other day regarding nature and animals and plants and insects. Like what animal tribe insect clan plant species most relates to how you live your life is there an animal or a bird species in particular that mates like how you mate is there a species of plant in particular that lives a certain way in a certain environment that you live in and you just gravitate to that plant is there an insect clan ant clan worm clan cricket clan you know what I'm saying? Um, Scorpion clan, whatever the case may be. Like, like, who are you? Who are you? Control your narrative and find that permission of freedom. Find that permission of liberation within your surroundings and your environment. I said a good place to start regarding uh, freedom of permission is by looking around you. Study your environment. Do research on the animals, plants and insects in your region. And then once you do that, look up their mating styles, look up their life, the lifestyles of the species of plants. What do the trees do? What do they do underground? How do they talk to one another? What do the insects do? How do the ants talk to one another? How do they build with one another? What about the birds? How do they mate? Learn who you are through your environment, because that's what it all goes back to. That's not the main way how I found permission, but that's one of the ways I found permission. 
is by studying the ancients, by studying my ancestors and by studying their connection with nature and learning that, okay, they learned, they learned from nature too. They learned how to create from nature on the fly, on the go. So yeah, permission is a, is a very critical, very, very important part of why I wrote the book. Not because I'm giving you permission, yet I'm expressing to you in so many different ways, directly or indirectly, that you've always had the permission. Maybe maybe you didn't know, but now you know. After you read my book, you're going to know that you've already had the permission. You've always had the permission to do what you wanted to do. Now, just because you didn't know it due to ignorance or naivete, whatever the case may be, that's just the way it is. That's the that's the beauty and the pain of waking up, for lack of words, right? Waking up from that slumber of conditioning or indoctrination. Nevertheless, you can wake up. And my book, this book that was written by me and others within me, because I got to give them credit. I don't know their names specifically, but I got to give them credit. We wrote a wonderful book that helps you to acknowledge the permission of freedom within yourself, to acknowledge what it means for you to control your narrative, not my narrative, not for me to control your narrative, not for the government to control your narrative, not for civilization to control your narrative, not for your teachers or your mother and your father, your uncles, your aunts, your siblings, your children, the TV shows, the movies, the music. None of those things control your narrative. You get alone. Sit silent for long enough. Spend enough time with yourself with the voices in your head. Stop being scared of your voice. Stop being scared of the inner voices. Because they're trying to tell you things about yourself. And even though it may be alarming at times, especially in the beginning, it's going to shape you. It's going to mold you. It's going to sculpt you into this beautiful, beautiful, divine entity. This divine person. And you will become who it was you were destined to become from the get-go. All right. So, yeah, we're about 32 minutes in. I believe I will do a a small part, too, because I think I have one more variable. But permission, controlling your narrative and the origins of this book. That's what this particular episode is about. And we will reconnect at another time. I hope you enjoyed this. Obviously, I must say this, and I hate this part. I hate promoting things. I hate branding things because that's just not, it's just not authentic to me. This, the act of producing, creating is authentic. And I've been in radio for 20 something years, so you would think, and by the way, I was a production director for many years. You would think that this would be natural to me. It's not. I'm good at it, but it's not. Anyways, the book, Multi-Monogamous, Three Ex-Fiancés Later. It is available on Amazon. Um, I did an interview with Kitty Chambliss from um, Loving Without Boundaries. That's on YouTube, if I'm correct. Only reason I brought that up is because I'm just kind of saying some of the things I said to her at the end. Um, More than anything, let me say this first. I do like 
connecting with people on social media. If you want to follow me on social media, it's multi monogamous. Also, uh, IG, IG. You can follow me on Facebook too, but I'm not on there that much. I do have a um, indigenous polyamorous group though that you might want to check out. You might like that. But I'm mostly on IG. Again, that account is multi monogamous. I like connecting with individuals, but more than anything, like I just like having deep conversations i like i like the challenge of just talking about these things like where did it all start where are we going who are we now you know just all these conversations so you know if you want to connect with me through email if you have a group in particular that uh you want me to speak to via um internet internet wow i combine internet and online together internet If you want me to speak to a group, your group in particular, virtually speaking, hit me up. I love talking. I love talking. Um, If you're having in-person conversations and groups and stuff like that, hit me up. I'm pretty much in the South most of the time, but we can always compromise and maybe make something happen depending on where you are in the region of the world or the country. Okay. Um, other than that, call your bookstores, call your bookstores, let them know that you want to get that book, that that book should be in the bookstore uh, right around the corner from you, because that's one way that the book will also catch legs and uh, make sales, too. And uh, last but not least, yeah, hit me up on social media and ask me any questions or hit me up on my email, Ramon at hotmail.com. Again, that's Rico. Ramon at hotmail.com. That's going to do it for this episode, and I hope you enjoy the book. And don't forget to leave a review about the book, too, when you get a chance. Take care. Talk to you soon. Love you guys. Peace. Don't forget to check out our other podcast about indigenous mental health called Normal LOL on iTunes, Blueberry, and other podcast platforms you visit often.